Ditch the fairy tale, princess. It's time to step outside the status quo and blaze your own trail. The path littered with setbacks, successes, and newfound passions. Why? Because when you break away from the script, you start to pursue a life by choice. One that is all yours. Live unscripted and rewrite your life. Welcome to the show, ladies. I'm so excited to have you here today to talk about some really juicy, yummy, amazing things that are going to benefit every single person who tunes in today. So again, thank you for being here, Jill and Mary. I'm so excited. Jess freaking Bergio. I mean, what a time. (laughs) What a time. We have just, we've crossed paths through so many different areas and it's awesome to sit across the computer screen from you at this point in our lives to talk about all of those areas in which we've crossed paths. And we're so excited to be here. Mm -hmm. So thank you for having us. Mm, So good. Long overdue, but also perfectly timed because I don't know if you noticed, but I've recently rebranded the podcast. It is no longer the Beauty Inspires Beauty podcast. It is now called Unscripted, which is really rewriting your story, which is what I know the three of us have had lots of conversation either with each other or I've got to observe conversation you've had in the work that you guys are doing now and just in the open, honest ways that you share on social media. Why? you're doing what you're doing now. So I know what you guys are up to, but can you share with the listeners like who you guys are and what you're up to these days? Absolutely. We would be jazzed to do so. Um, my name's Mary. You're going to hear two voices, obviously. And I'm sitting next to my best friend and business partner, Jill. What's we, up, fam? We've done so much <laughs> in this life, but currently, 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 We own a company called Girls Mentorship, so we teach life and personal development skills to teen and tween girls, as well as to those that love and support them, right? I think the metaphor that we like to use here or the analogy that we like to use here is if somebody's going to go hard in the paint in the gym for an hour, 60 minutes, 100% effort, done, dusted, let's go home. But home is actually synonymous for McDonald's. And then they spend 23 hours of their day at McDonald's. The work they did in the gym is not going to matter. So when we work with girls, we also have to loop in those people that support them, love them, spend a lot of time with them in order for what we're teaching them to stick. And what we're teaching them is self-confidence, self-awareness, self-esteem, all of the things that we still probably haven't learned um, <laughs> as as in our 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s. And we need those lessons. We desperately need those lessons because we're not born with it. It's not taught in school. It's through pitfalls and breakups and screw ups, mess ups that we end up learning these things or not learning them. And the not learning them part is the scary part. Mm. So true. Oh my gosh. So can we go back to where, how did we meet? How, where was the first time I met you guys? I can't remember. We were at, I feel like I've known you forever. So that's probably why Um, I'm struggling to pinpoint the the time. It was event love. No, I met you two years prior to event love. So I knew you first, um, at an event. It was an event somewhere. Mm -hmm. I, it wasn't, It wasn't in Austin because, okay, so what we're trying to get out here is we um, go to a lot of events and our, our, a lot of personal growth and development events. So Jess, I had to have met you sometime in 2018 with Lynn's. Lori, maybe it was, was it Bliss? Did you ever volunteer at Bliss? No, my first time was an attendee and it was in 2019. Okay. So it must've been with, yeah, with Lynn's at some point. Yeah. Yeah. 
that would be the only thing that makes sense because event love definitely i already knew you by then so Yes. What she's, what she's, yeah, I will second what she, we love personal development events. We love anywhere where there are other women who just want to have higher level conversations to talk about the real shit because we didn't have what Mary and Jill provide growing up. We didn't have a source of openness and a space to be vulnerable and share real shit that was going on in our life. We didn't have anybody to guide us other than our current circle of people, right? Like our parents or our family or our teachers, And now the things that the kids are being inundated with, (laughs) with social media and the awareness that they're learning things at much younger ages and exposed to things that they're not maybe, you know, set up to win for. Um, We were talking about the importance of the work that you're doing before we hit record around this teen and tween level. But I was like, what about us adults who who still have those teen and tween tendencies of doing shit that's not serving us? And if you guys heard, you know, Mary referred to the gym analogy. You can see why we're friends because that's, that's all three of us resonate in that we use analogies from, you know, work at working out. Cause it's such a visceral thing. Like, you know what it's like to go to the gym for 30 minutes. You know how hard it can sometimes be to eat healthy and yet we know, but sometimes we still do things we know better against doing. And so by you guys showing up and teaching and sharing these things, I was like, Hey, you should have something for adults too. And they were like, well, actually, so <laughs> Lean into that because you started this work a couple of years ago. You guys teamed up and created this amazing program and you've seen so much success with the girls you've been mentoring and helping. And am I the, I can't possibly be the first adult woman to say, (laughs) um, Hey, I still sometimes feel like that teenager who's stuck in my bad decisions and my learned behavior patterns. And, you know, even though I kind of quote unquote, know better, like, can we speak to yeah, that? Yeah, you're not alone. And you're talking to two girls right here that have to practice this work daily. So yes, even though we facilitate and we have the credentials and we we go and talk about this important work, we have to practice it in order to relate to people. And what we've learned, um, the curriculum that we use with our girls is social emotional learning. A lot of people hear the acronym SEL um, through their children. So SEL has been, um, it's, it's been, it's not a new concept by any means, but a lot of people, a lot of parents, a lot of adults have heard it based off of their kids being in school. So it is a teacher, it's a facilitator who will come in and teach them social skills in addition to what they're learning in their classroom at their academics. Um, it is, it's a very light dusting. So parents, when we ask them what social emotional learning is, they're like, well, we don't really know. Like we hear about it, but we don't know what our kids are learning. Cool. I think they're learning how to cope or regulate their emotions, but I don't really know if that's true or not. And honestly, Jill got um, a social emotional learning, like release form for her eldest child. He's in second grade, third grade, third grade. And it was very like cryptic the way they worded it, like how they were going to facilitate it. It didn't sound welcoming is the word I want to use or inviting for parents to be like, oh, absolutely. My kid needs to learn those things. It was like very on lock. We need your permission to do this. And I get that they need to go through certain loopholes and get permission, but it just didn't educate the parents the way that they needed to be educated on the importance of the subject and what the subject is. So we do get a lot of like 
befuddled looks around like, do you know what social emotional learning is? Because everyone raises their hands in terms of hearing about it, but 75 to 90% of the hands go down when we ask them to tell us what it is or if they know more about what it is. Um, So with social emotional learning, it's a foundation of five competencies that help us as facilitators lead the work that we do. So the five competencies are self-awareness, social awareness, self-management, responsible decision-making, and relationship skills. Thank you. Relationship skills. Um, So with that, we have a vast, a very wide range of topics that we lead with our girls. And then when we do cool workshops and we throw summer camps and we do mom and daughter events, everyone's always like, this is incredible. Like, wait a second, you are kind of breaking down what it means to build confidence. And we don't even know how to do that. So parents, that was our first aha was, wait a second. So we need to make sure that what we're teaching the girls gets relayed at home because that's where the practice happens. And what we've also learned working with girls is the parents are super gung-ho to put their daughter in our presence, in our workshops or the programs that we offer. Um, and they're like, hey, something's off with her. She needs to be fixed, quote unquote. And we're like, she doesn't need to be fixed. She's clearly learning these behaviors from somewhere. And unfortunately, a lot of it is learned at home. So we get to hold mirrors up for people to say, if you want your daughter to be successful in life, you need to equally be committed to the work that we're teaching her with yourself. Okay, mic drop. Mm -hmm. Yeah, as a mother, I feel that to my core. And having a mother of my own, I can see that. And I can see looking back now as my mom tries to parent my son, right, with more skills, more knowledge, more self awareness of her own, because she had me at 19. So at 19, you're still a kid, you know? And so she obviously, we use our favorite term, did the best she could with what she knew. And it's almost like she got this second chance to parent another child that's as closest to her that could ever be her own, my my son, her grandson. And it's over the top. Like it's over the top to where she's still her, but you should see the amount of like YouTube videos and like all the things that she sends me so that it's not her saying it, but it's still her judging and critiquing and parenting. And, you know, I look back and there were times where, you know, she would put me in certain things and, and hope that it would help but it wasn't being reaffirmed at home or she wasn't there learning it along with me. So therefore it didn't really get integrated into our life. It was almost like I knew this extra side language, but when I went home, I couldn't speak it because it didn't make sense. And I found using that same analogy to be true, like in relationships with therapy, like if only one person goes to a therapist and learns a new way of behaving, and then they try to go back to their current environment with this new learned behavior of how to self-regulate and the self-confidence and being more socially aware or whatever, it's not received well because A, people don't like change and they like you to be the same you've always been. But what is the person who's trying to step into that? I can't imagine as a teenager trying to implement those things that I just came off of a workshop learning and then have it not, have it not be able to like seemingly or seamlessly integrate back into my home life. So yeah, I think it's amazing that you're so aware that 70 to 90% don't even actually know what, what you're doing. 
let alone how can they support you in that? So it's almost like they, we should get a, a manual to take home as the parent after <laughs> knowing exactly like, okay, this is a new language. This is how we refer to things. It's like, you guys are going to have to write some ultimate parenting books to go along <laughs> with the work you're facilitating. I'll be your first investor. Oh, that you're business. Business. Sweet. I Thanks, mean, Jess. you said it. It's like, you can't teach an old dog new tricks, mm-hmm. right? That's what the saying we've heard it over and over and over again. So it really is the concept of reparenting because we learned what we now know from people closest to us in our environment, usually our parents or a parental figure, whatever that meant to you. And we've got programming now. We're just like a computer. And it's really difficult to distance yourself from a program that's been installed on your hard drive, your aka your brain for mm-hmm. 30 plus years. So when the concept of something new comes home, it's like there's obviously pushback based on the concept of we don't like to change. We are creatures of habit. And so much of what's been burned into our brain is really difficult to change. I mean, look we can go back to the health and wellness industry. Look how much money people spend on quick fixes as opposed to establishing long-term solutions Uh for their problems, right? People want to band-aid things. People don't want to spend the time or the energy. I'll say they'll spend the money because they'll spend the money, but they want the money to make the change for them Uh as opposed to making the change alongside the investment. So true. And you know, without awareness around who doesn't want a quick fix, who wouldn't want to snap their fingers, throw some money at something and make it go away or make it be better or have a different outcome. But we know that's to not be the case. I mean, you both have a huge background in, you know, working with people in the, you know, sport of either, you know, training with, like you were with Lululemon forever. I almost said Peloton. I'm like thinking of my bike, but I'm thinking of the hard work that goes into, all the things we've done to learn how to take care of our bodies and how to help facilitate that for other people and how to show up in that arena. Um, we couldn't have just paid to, to, to have that actual experience. We had to learn it. We had to be it. We had to do it. And then we had to be consistent on it. And we had to show up every single day in order to have those results. I mean, Mary, you know, that with owning a gym, like a brick and mortar doesn't run unless you're there every single day, making sure it stays open. I mean, really, twice on Sundays too. Like you have to be there every day. (laughs) It's ridiculous. It's funny. Yeah. It's like if it doesn't run without you there, if an employee, an employee calls in sick, like guess who is filling in? You are right. So it does. There's, you have to put in effort. And I think it's even amplified now because we're part so much part of a bigger conversation around this being a a microwave generation, which we've done to ourselves, we can get on our phone right now, order something from Amazon and have it delivered in one hour, right? So we're not looking to fix things that are broken. We're looking to throw those things away and buy something new. And unfortunately, we can't do that with ourselves and our kids. Uh No, no. Or with the things you already know, it'd be great if you could just empty the trash like you do on your computer in your brain and start all over and just like pull all the things you want and get rid of the things you don't. But it doesn't quite work like that. Like there is definitely like patterns and and things that you can replace that once you know the things that are affecting you. Tell me, so you two have been friends forever prior to creating this amazing program. What, what did life look like for each of you before? And I mean, I know that's going to be a few minutes here and, and share with like the background, how you got here, because I think that's the thing is we see 
I, I speak to a lot of female entrepreneurs on this show, but I speak to a lot of people who are in like some sort of transition phase where they are ready to rewrite their life. And that's why this podcast is called Unscripted Now, because so many people were conditioned from their surroundings as kids to follow a certain path and do certain things on this, this one checklist that was going to lead to their success and their happiness and their, you know, ability to be great in this world. And they wake up one day and maybe checking, having checked all those boxes and that's just not the case. And it's like, now I'm in my twenties or thirties or forties. Now what do I do? And you guys have reinvented what you're doing in your thirties and, and created this whole new thing that you're passionate and excited about. So walk us kind of through where you were and pull back the curtain of like how you decided that this was the next thing you two were going to team up and do. Well, first of all, the the prophet (laughs) Aladdin said, it's a whole new world. (laughs) (laughs) It's a dazzling place I'd never be. Um, So Mary and I, we met at Lululemon. And I think just to your point around not taking the path well-traveled, um, was my, that was really my story leading up to Lululemon. So I did, I did the school thing and I went to college and I was going to climb the corporate ladder and I just hated, I hated it. And what I loved the most was yoga. I found my peace. I found myself on my mat doing downward dog every single day after a really stressful day in corporate America. And I finally got to the point where I was like, I'm done. I'm going to go find something else. And I don't care if I am making peanuts, I'd rather be happy than be miserable. So I remember telling my parents that I was, I was going to get a job at Lululemon selling stretchy pants. And they about had a heart attack. They were not supportive. They were pissed that they paid all of this money for me to go to school, right? But I'm so glad that I didn't listen to that feedback because me going to Lululemon literally changed the trajectory of my life. And what do I mean by that? I met Mary there. I not only worked at Lululemon, but I I really grew up in that company. I spent nearly a decade there um, developing myself, but also then finding a passion for people, developing people and teams and trainings and hosting events and community. And I got to meet really cool people in that company and I got to hire Mary. And that happened in 2016. And as I was developing myself, um, I knew that there was a little bit more on on my heart. It was like, you need to now leave again. There's something bigger for you to do. And Mary at the time was a part-time employee, but she also owned her own gym. And she had a community of people that I wasn't connected to. So in 2018, I left. I left Lululemon, my little bubble that I knew for so long, my community, and I had nobody. I was like, I now what do I do? Who are my friends? I <laughs> So I reached out to Mary because I knew that she was up to cool things. She had great friends. And I was like, hey, I I need friends and I want you um, to show me like what you're involved in so I can, you know, start to figure out what's next for me. And like the true baddie that she is, she grabbed my hand and pulled me up right alongside her. And we did life together for a couple of years, which was really cool. So figuring out next steps, 
Mary left her gym um, after five years and watching her go through basically a business breakup. Um, it was really cool that we were in this interesting transitional period that landed us in 2020. So 2020, (laughs) the pandemic, 2020, and obviously saying that everyone will remember where they were at that point in their life, right? It's a history marker for all of us. And whether you, whatever your opinion of that year was, and I know it was a difficult year for a lot of people. And I want to say that so tactfully, but for us, it was a year that we really got to take advantage of because you hear it everywhere around you. Like, I wish I had more time. I wish I could take more of a break. I wish I could be around my family more. And 2020 for us was that gift. It was the gift of pushing pause. Um, And we took advantage of it. I got to know Jill and her family more than I had gotten to know Jill and her family in the previous four years. I spent so much time at their house because I'm single. I lived alone. That was um, not the most fun part of quarantine for a lot of people. But I had a family that openly accepted me coming and going as I needed. And we just had a ball with it. I mean, we got to really explore our friendship and we got to explore family time and fun. And just in that time, a conversation led to another that led to another that led to another around personal growth and development for adults being facilitated to us when we were 12 13, 14. And Jill, prior to the pandemic, was exploring what it was like to do mindfulness coaching for athletes. So she had already kind of weaseled her way into that demographic. I um, weaseled my way. You weaseled your way right in. You said, <laughs> just, I'm getting just in be here. Bopping in. We're getting in here to do this. Um, so when the pandemic rolled around, we had this incredible conversation about what it would look like to take all of the work that we had done for ourselves over the past 10 years, whether it was at Lulu or on our own accord, um, and give that back to our younger selves because we desperately needed it. The cool thing about Jill and I is though we're very alike um, in today's day and age, we grew up very separately from one another, two totally different childhoods. She really loved her parents, had a great relationship with them. They stayed married until she was 18 years old. I'm very opposite. I grew up in domestic violence, um, tumultuous situations, drugs, alcohol, um, just you name it. It feels like that happened in my childhood. So we really get to tackle now to a large um, area of, of topics to, to relate to families, to relate to girls based on our shared experiences. So we decided in in 2020 that we were going to host a camp and it was going to be virtual four weeks. We were going to talk about everything that was going on in the world and leadership and communication and how to stand up for what you believed in without being fearful of judgment from others. And it was a wild success. We had, I think, 15 girls show up each week and the energy was just palpable. We looked at each other once the four weeks concluded and we're like, well, I guess we just started a business. What do we call it? And we looked up girlsmentorship.com on GoDaddy and sure as shit, it was available. And we took that as a sign from the universe, especially um, the fact that the Instagram was available too. It was like a double whammy. God was like, yeah, yes. this is, yeah, that is a right? double whammy. Yeah. 
I I literally Mary just looked at me crazy because I raised my hand and I was like, where was the camp signups for me? Oh, yeah, I know. Like, you know, no, but in all seriousness, like that is just what a beautiful story and how incredible to realize like we share common ethos of like serving and helping and wanting to just be in community. And I think that's something the three of us, like it's universal. And and that's why, you know, you can instantly connect with some people and just see that that's who they are. Um, but for Mary, I wonder if you and I, it, it comes from a sense of not having that too growing up, not having that grounded sense of space and, you know, community is where we seek that. And, and I can only imagine how, when these girls get to be around one another, how they finally feel seen and normal and heard and that they, they're not alone and that they're not the only ones going through whatever it is, you know, cause you might be the weirdo whose parents are still married this day and age. Like when we, when I was a kid, it was weird to have your parents be divorced. Right. Now you're it's the weirdo flipped. if your parents are still married, yeah. you know? So it's crazy how many different scenarios can be going on at the house, you know, and on any given scope. And the fact that you two can kind of balance that out with, what you actually know, Mary, my favorite phrase that you wrote, the school of hard knocks. I'm like, yeah, fucking got a PhD in that <laughs> oh, bitch. Man, <laughs> double. <laughs> and and not to say that you didn't, Jill, like just because your parents were married didn't mean you didn't go through hard shit, right. you know? No, absolutely. My my hardships came later in life, which I think that's what's the cool part to, you know, say that like life can spin on its head in a uh, on a drop of a dime. So it doesn't matter if you've had a great childhood. I did, but I had no skills, none. I had no skills. So when hardship came, I crumbled and I self-sabotaged everything that would, that I ever wanted. Cause I had no idea how, how to handle that. And now that's what we get to do with our girls is like, Hey, we've walked through it. We've, we've, we've done it and let us help you. I love that. And I want to share with you guys, this is not <laughs> this is, this is what you call, um, manifesting certain things to be what they are. I had a conversation with my group this morning. It's a adult, adult mentorship group, if you will. It's called the beauty insiders membership that I host around personal branding, which was the, the, the umbrella term of, you know, locking people in, you want to work on your personal brand. Let's get in community. Here's my membership that I built. Uh, we'll all collab together you know, bi-weekly and we'll share what's going on and how we can build our personal brand. But you know what that group quickly turned into, right? Um, a safe space where strong women are finally starting to share what's really holding them back. And today we dove into um, self-sabotage and I asked some of the people in the group and I want to share on this podcast the things that came up in that because we're all just adult versions of the girls you're trying to help now. So, you know, if you have children or if you are still in need of this type of a type of work, like obviously reach out to Mary and Jill. They don't only help young teens because we're all, we're all adults dressed up. Like we're all teenagers dressed <laughs> up as adults totally. with adult responsibilities. And a lot of the things that came up, uh, one girl, I had them share like what's something that they feel stuck with or something that they're maybe self-sabotaging or a problem that's coming up. And instead of like one particular problem, you know, I gave the example of like, Oh, you said you were going to work out in 2023, but you're not like, how are you self-sabotaging your workouts? I thought people would give like specific things like working out, or I'm not making enough money, or I'm not, you know, busy enough. But what came up was like feelings, feelings came out more than like a thing. And so we've got, it's never enough. Whatever I do is never enough. I, I know how to do the work. So therefore, like I'm an overdoer and always trying to prove another woman, it was her health. 
Um, but it was really around not showing up for herself. Like she showed up for other people. She was willing to give, 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 but never to like do for herself. Another girl, it was self-doubt in the form that she didn't believe in herself to do the things. Somebody else, it was, um, she never gave anything a hundred percent, which I think I underlyingly heard. I don't give it a hundred percent because therefore I'll never have to take responsibility for it. If I don't totally go all in on something, we can totally see that happening to so many adult women. Gosh, I mean, are you in our, were you in our last workshop? That's what I'm saying. For 10 to 13 year olds. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, but yet here, these were 30, 40, 50 year old women. The, the last one, or there's two more. One, she, she said she's emotionally spent. She feels like she has nothing left to give. Um, she talks herself out of things all the time. She's a queen of procrastination. And we talked a lot about excuses and how sometimes excuses are there to keep us safe, but then also excuses are there to like, yeah, protect us against trying to get into a different space. And the last one I'll just share was the doubt, um, around being worthy. Like the girl was trying to grow her business. She was a couple years in, and I speak to a lot of people in the beauty industry still on this podcast, but really in this group. And she just, she didn't consider herself worth the investment. And I'm like, girl, I'm like, we know all this stuff that I just rattled off all comes from that place of worthiness or really that and the self-doubt and self-sabotage, all those things. And it was wild because I started reading this book, The Mountain is You. Have you guys ever read that? No, but I've heard of it. Yeah. It'd be a great like probably thing to run a lot of stuff off of that. And it's easy and simple to understand. And I had started reading it. Somebody referred it to me too. And it's, it's transforming self-sabotage into self-mastery. Wow. And I was like, it's not, isn't it interesting? We're having this conversation on this podcast (laughs) today after just being inundated with that. Just this morning, I had this in-depth hour and a half long conversation with these women. It's incredible. So to speak to the power of the work that you're doing, like it's, it's needed. So I'm so grateful for you guys. No, and grateful for you because we know that we can't be everything for everyone. So we need other people who are, are taking a stand for people who are sitting down on themselves. Well, and catching the adults that didn't have the opportunity to be a part of conversations and work like this at their most impressionable times. Right. And it's never too late to start to do this work and to um, become aware of like the things you're doing that are holding you back to get where you want. And, And I think often when I say things like that, I feel so like I'm talking about business stuff and it's not always the case, like not even close. A lot of times it's like holding yourself back from the way you want to live your day, the way you want to show up in the world, the way you want to like look, the way, you know, you want to all of it have relationships. <laughs> well, you said this a few minutes ago around self-awareness. Most people don't even have the slightest clue about how they want to show up. Most people have no idea who they are because they've never asked themselves that question. So mm-hmm. there's a shocking statistic around self-awareness and it's from a woman who did a self-awareness study, followed people around. There was a a slew of questions that she asked in order to get to this determinant, but it's 80% of people are walking around unaware or unaware that they're unaware. So that leaves 20% of people. And I know everyone listening right now is like, I'm definitely part of the 20%. So I'm going to say that, you know, 80, you have no idea that you're (laughs) actually part of the 80%. So when we don't have self-awareness, we are not only a liability to ourselves in terms of not being able to live our life to the fullest, but we're also a liability to other people because we're an inconvenience. We, we inconvenience people when we don't know how we show up in a room or our energy and how that impacts other people. Think of people who don't put grocery carts away. 
Think of people that don't use their blinkers in traffic. Like that's an inconvenience for us. That's a total lack of self-awareness. So that foundationally is what people need to work on if they're going to be able to answer those questions. How do I want to live my life? What do I stand for? Because if I don't know what I stand for, I'm a pushover. I'm very easy to fall for anything. Or you know what came to my mind? You're standing in the way of everyone else who does, right? Because you're just taking up space. And and that might sound fucking kind of harsh, but at the end of the day, yeah. Um, what are some tools or strategies if someone listening to this podcast is like, oh shit, thanks girls. This is like, I feel I'm feeling triggered or I'm feeling called out. Like I am one of these teenage girls and whoever's listening, I am right there with you. And I know Mary and Jill spoke that into life in the beginning. They are too, not just because they're the facilitators, are they the master experts at all of it, but they're willing to show up in the arena and have the hard conversations and facilitate awareness for us listening right now, us adults listening right now, and, you know, helping the younger generation, maybe not have as much struggles as we had. So if someone's listening, and they feel the things I rattled off that my group was feeling this morning, how now awareness is there, right? We're now in awareness of some of it. What can we do? Or what are some resources or things like what would you say to somebody who you ran into? And you ended up knowing this was a conversation they needed. I, what would you say? Mary and I, we always say to start small. I think people, we are our worst critic. And so when you do have time to reflect, you can get stuck in all the things that you're not doing right or what you know, you should be doing, you know, we always say like, stop shooting on yourself because it's literally going to keep you stuck. So it's figuring out like, where do you want to see wins, small wins in what area of your life? So is it in your health? Is it in your relationships and getting more specific than, than even that? So is it your marriage? Is it your children? Is it whatever that may be? So it's figuring out what area do you want to focus on? Because if you focus on everything, you're going to miss the target. You got to get really, really clear on what you're focusing on so you can put action behind your focus and move in the direction of, of achieving that goal. And it's also okay that you're going to slip up. Mm. It's not an if, it's a win. And when you when you fall down in the direction of your focus or in the direction of your goal, to not stop. Because again, that's probably going to affirm the story that you've told yourself that you're a quitter, that you that you don't deserve these things in life. So then it's just like, hey, I messed up. I'm human. It's not, I'm not a failure. And we always say it's a miss, it's a mistake, a missed take. It's just a different take. And you got to get back on course to move forward. Small wins are going to build on one another. And then you're going to start to form habits. And those habits bleed into other areas of your life. Well, and for me, the one major thing, if we're still looking at self-awareness, right, in terms of, well, I think I am self-aware, but how do I really know? I love the phrase of question everything. Why are you doing what you're doing? Why do you believe what you believe in the middle of your day? I mean, we have hundreds of thoughts in a day. Thousands of hundreds thoughts. Hundreds of thousands. Thousands yeah. of thoughts in a day. I don't want to say hundreds. Yep. <laughs> 60 to 80,000. Yes. 
Um, so, so in that, it's like you need to be able to stop and ask yourself why you're doing what you're doing in order to know if that action or inaction is actually serving who you mm-hmm. are in that chapter of your life, you need to question what you're doing because you're never going to know, right? One of my favorite stories, and Jill's going to laugh because I tell it all the time, is the story of meatloaf. And a husband is watching his wife make meatloaf. <laughs> and as she's going to pop it in the oven, she cuts the ends off of it. And he looks at her and he's like, honey, isn't that a little wasteful? And she's like, oh, I don't think so. Like my mom did it. And he's like, all right, we're going to call your mom and ask her why she did it because I need to know now. And she's like, oh, uh, ring, ring, ring. Hi, mom. Why did you cut the ends off the meatloaf? And she's like, I have no idea. I saw big mom do it. So they call grandma. And grandma's like, I had to cut the ends off the meatloaf because my oven was too small. It wouldn't fit the whole thing in there. So it's like, if we didn't actively ask questions about why we're doing what we're doing, then we're continuing to operate through a program that was gifted to us by our parents Mm -hmm. in a totally different time in our life. So it's like you have to be able to stop, look in the mirror and say, is this the best way for me to do this and why? Mm, So freaking good. And what a great simple analogy to share because that was something else I said this morning in that call was, you know, sometimes we just do things because that's always the way it's been done or we we say, oh, that's just who I am. But we're that era, we can't use those excuses anymore as to like, that's just who we are. Because back then you really didn't know any better. There wasn't the plethora of information being thrown at you, right? There weren't conversations like this being had. This was very taboo to talk about anything outside of your lane, right? It was very much stay in your own lane. Children should be seen, not heard. You know, don't ask questions, never question authority. You know, you literally just said question everything. So to teach children how to question everything in a respectful self-awareness method is everything that's teaching them to be intuitive and to listen to their bodies. Like if they feel a question arise versus like just going with the flow to lean into that and to trust, like you're feeling concern or question around something for a good reason. Like, why is that? Ask more questions, get to the bottom of certain things. But like, even I'm one generation removed and it was still very much of children should be seen, not heard type of a upbringing. And so I catch myself because I had a podcast guest on the other day who has a two-year-old daughter and she was talking about how she speaks to her like she's a human. And I at first kind of laughed in my head. I'm like, well, she's two. Yeah, she's a human, but like she's not understanding you. But I let myself process my judging thought because that's how I was raised. And then as she kept talking, I thought, well, how beautiful is it that she's at least articulating why she's saying things? Because we don't know how much they're understanding. You don't know how much a two-year-old's receiving. Maybe she's hearing what you're saying. She just can't talk back. So I recognize those patterns when I want to snap at my son and say, just do what I said. Right. <laughs> I catch don't myself all me. the I'm, time. But I then I'm like, good, challenge me in a respectful way and ask why. Or say, hey, I don't want to do that. And then let me ask you, why don't you want to do it? Versus like, I don't give a fuck. You don't want to do it. Like, it's time to do it. Do it. <laughs> You know, so having that self-awareness, even with a son too, to like, yeah, that you can be tough with boys. I don't think that was also a conditioned, you know, thought that I had. And there's so many things I'm unlearning as I've become a parent. And as I become more aware of like, how do I like to be spoken to? Do I want to get yelled at? Right. Do I want to be told what to do? Or do I want to have a conversation around why I should do something? Yeah. I think I, I read something the other day that said, we're not raising kids. We're raising adults. 
Yeah. And we need to be able to prepare them for what adulthood has to offer because realistically, 18 years is a small percentage of their life and they're going to live the rest of their life with what you taught them from zero to 18. And, oh, I was just going to, I was just going to chime in that we at a certain point assume that other people have taught our kids. And so for the parents tuning into this and really anyone, um, we, we, there were, we're always teaching because we expect that they should know how to apologize or they should know how to make a friend or they should know how to process their emotions or bounce back from when you lose a hard game or you know what I mean? Like we just kind of expect and we have to teach them because if we don't manage our own expectations, we're the ones that are getting disappointed and we're not doing anything to our kids by harping on them and coming down on them. That's not the right way. And then they're going to be in fear. Then they're going to bottle their emotions up and bottle their emotions up and shove their emotions down and, and feel shame around, um, getting called out because it wasn't to mom and dad's standards. Mm. So we have a responsibility as parents, as leaders, as adults to, know the power of our word and to always be a coach because our kids, even though we think they need it or they, they know it half the time they don't half shoot. Well, and it's reps, Mm -hmm. it's reminders. It's how many times you have to put, tell your kid to put his laundry away every single week. It's like, you're going to have to say it for the next 18 years. And then I promise you it's going to stick. So same goes with how to communicate effectively how to, you know, you you fill in the blanks, but, um, we need to, we need to, we need to do better. We need to teach our kids what we want to see. Totally. So is this what you guys are doing full time? Is this, have you, both of you gone full into this business now? Is this 24 seven, what you're doing? We eat, we sleep, we (laughs) breathe. Girls mentorship full time, twenty four seven. I just quit my um, full time job to. We've this. This sounds like a network marketing pitch, which no shame. I've done network marketing, so is Jill. But we've been building girls mentorship in the pockets of our day <laughs> over the last two and a half years, which is incredible to think of because, honestly, we've impacted um, over two thousand girls in the last two and a half years just by doing this when we had the availability to do it outside of all of our other responsibilities. So to think of how much more we're going to be able to accomplish in the next 5, 10, 15 years building this company, it's a little scary and it makes us want to sit down on ourselves. However, thankfully, (laughs) we've done the work and we have systems in place to hold ourselves accountable. And we've made a pact that we can't have a bad day on the same day. (laughs) We, We need to be able to to see past what's going on now for the the vision and the mission yeah. that we've set for ourselves. Oh my God. I love that. How can anyone listening, if they want to get behind this cause and mission and support you, what can they do? Uh, not that you even asked that, or if there, is there even a way that people can get involved? Totally. We love, I mean, our website is pretty robust. So if you have a girl that you're interested in our programs, you can check out our website. If you want to volunteer or sponsor, we're always hosting events, looking for great people to donate in-kind donations, monetary donations. So lots of different avenues for people to get involved based off of what you're being called to, um, what you're being called to take action on. So, um, our website is girlsmentorship.com spelled no L's 
or no Z's, Y's, <laughs> just girls, <Spelled> normal <laughs> mentorship.com. Same with Instagram, just at girls mentorship. And we have a ton of fun there. Um, we would love, love, love for you to come hang out with us. I love that. And we all know someone who has a daughter, a sister, somebody who has children that you could refer this, this amazing group of girls to. I feel like I can't wait to get involved. I know I don't have to now wait till I'm in town, but next in-person event, I would love to be a volunteer. I would love to donate some kind time, whatever you need. Um, I just want to be around this work because I feel like it is so important. And as an adult girl, I sure I'm going to get so much out of just being in that space and being able to watch you guys do your magic. So thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for your time. I feel like the three of us could literally create like 72 podcast episodes. Hey, just around. Careful what you wish for. <laughs> oh, I'm, it's already happening. Oh, I'm manifesting it to happen. I you're going to rebook before like you're going to, you're not my client. You're going to rebook before you leave right. for your next appointment. <laughs> um, <laughs> strategy is there but I will be in Arizona very soon and I do want to see you girls and catch up Absolutely. and I can't wait to give you a hug and I fully support what you're doing and I just think it's so needed and I love that you both intuitively listen to your soul's calling and said you know we're best friends and we're going to start this and we don't know what the fuck we're doing exactly Amen. but we know people need this right and we promise to show up to the best of our abilities and that is the expectation we put on ourselves. nothing more nothing less and I don't know how you determine who gets to have the worst day or the better day, but maybe you arm wrestle for it knowing you two. Um, <laughs> you know it. We're like, who who has bigger muscles today? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, you guys, go check out Girls Mentorship. Check out the website. Go follow them on Instagram. T tell them you, you listen to this podcast. Um, share your takeaways. Share some insight. If you have a girl in your life, if you have noticed something that could be useful for them to put into their program or to have a conversation around or to build content on share that it's in having these conversations of other people's experiences that they will know how to create stuff to help this new generation coming up so that they have more tools than we did more resources and more support because that's honestly everything. Um, I love you girls and we'll do this again really soon. 100%. Sound good. Oh, Jess, we Thanks, love you. Jess. Sincerely. Thank you for everyone listening. We'll be back. Which one of your girls needs to hear this one? Send this to someone who could use a smile, some encouragement, and a little love from this edgy podcast host. Much thanks and all the love.